Welcome to the Work in Between, the podcast that explores the topics and daily actions that get us to our health-related goals. And welcome to season two. I am so excited to start our second season. We have all sorts of amazing guests and information for this season, and I think you're really going to enjoy them. And our first guest of our second season is Melissa Glick, who is an entrepreneur and self-proclaimed hustler, nonprofit founder, philanthropist, and real estate investor. She has transformed her life by losing over 100 pounds and has found joy in fitness and maintaining balance. And I think that's something we all struggle with. So I cannot wait to hear your story and find out what you did, what worked, what didn't work, what you're doing now. So welcome to the show, Melissa Glick. Thank you, Gretchen. I'm very excited to be here. So looking forward to this conversation. I know we spoke, God, it was probably like two months ago. And you reached out to me and said, I'm starting to hear some bits and pieces of your story. And it seems really interesting. And I think my listeners would resonate with it. Would you be interested? And so I've been excited ever since then. Oh, I'm so excited as well. I love hearing other people's stories. I get so inspired by hearing about what worked and and what they struggled with. In fact, sometimes what helps me the most is finding out what didn't work and how you turned it around and were able to continue to make progress. So I like to start at the beginning. And at the beginning is wherever you realized you had to make a change and whatever that change was. So where does your story start? The story starts when I'm 10. When I'm 10, the messaging that I received as a 10 year old, and it wasn't because I wasn't loved because I was, and I had great parents and a great family, but I was a little bit chubby. You know, and when I look back at pictures, I wasn't. And that just kind of like hurts me. But enough that my parents had a concern for me and they wanted me to make healthy choices. And the messaging that I received, what I interpreted was that I just, I wasn't good enough. From From who? From my parents and from my surroundings was that however I look, it wasn't quite good enough and I could do better. And as a 10 year old, that was hard, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, don't eat this food, eat this food, exercise more. If you don't, there will be consequences. And like I said, it wasn't because I, I wasn't loved. It was out of concern, but the way that I internalized it was I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really talk about it. That's just how it was. I always kind of had these feelings of just not being good enough. And as I got older, I had to find ways to be good enough. And it was not based on how I looked. I had to find other ways to, you know, get attention or to feel like I was going to get the praise that I wanted, that I needed. And it was an excelling in school. And then as I grew into more of an adult, it was excelling in business. And I kind of turned into this hyper achiever yeah. uh, where I just really 
wanted success. And I, once I reached success or once, once I accomplished something, then I wanted more. And it was just this never ending cycle of, I'm not happy with this. I want more. And it was because, and I didn't know it at the time, it was because I just didn't feel good enough, no matter what. It weighed on me. The weight weighed on me because, you know, I continued to gain weight and into my, you know, 20s and 30s, my weight kind of yo-yoed. And into my 40s, I had so many responsibilities that it just really piled on me and I became very unhealthy. My most unhealthy was around March of 2020. Mm. And we all know what, what happened around yeah. March of 2020. Yeah, I think that was kind of a reckoning for all of us because my beginning of my transformation started a little after that. I think the pandemic made all of us look a little more inward and really take stock because we were so most of us were so scared and there was so much uncertainty so that that makes sense to me it really does and so does what you're talking about with when you feel your looks how you look isn't as good enough and people aren't happy with it and we all know when people aren't happy with it whether they say anything or not we know and so to get that kind of messaging, we internalize it however we internalize it. And you're right. I think we try to make up for it in other ways that we feel we have some control over. So you became this hyper overachiever, right? And then the pandemic hit. And then what happened? I will never forget it. I was uh, so well, before I get to the this like aha moment, I'll give mm -hmm. you a little bit of of background. So I owned and built a tech business and I worked there and built this company with my brother mm -hmm. and he really was the engineer and I was the business side of things. And we both had so different skill sets that we made a great team, but I really carried the weight of this business and the sheer responsibility of building it and having all of these people being responsible for their livelihoods, all, all of my employees and all the customers and building this business, and then all the other things that I was taking care of, I was on kind of unstable ground because here mm -hmm. I have all these business responsibilities, but my foundation isn't solid because I, I don't have a good mindset. I never really dealt with those feelings, you know, of, of being unworthy. So early on in the pandemic, we shut our business down. We're working remote because we're a tech firm. We had the infrastructure to be able to do that right away. And so I'm working, managing my company, managing my team, carrying all of this responsibility at home all day. And then at night, I'd go and I'd sit in my chair and I'd watch the big screen TV and COVID, you know, it's just the scariness on the news. People are dying. You can't get into hospitals. Everyone's alone. We're in quarantine. If you're sick, you can't even get help. And I'm seeing that, you know, healthy people are getting COVID and needing to be hospitalized and, you know, passing. And I'm seeing that the 
most at-risk people are the people who have all of the comorbidities that at the time I had. So it's, you know, it's high blood pressure, it's diabetes, I had sleep apnea, I had asthma, I had, you know, I was on eight different medications for obesity related illnesses. And I'm thinking I'm the poster child here of the person who gets COVID and, you know, dies from it. But I'm not okay with that. I am not ready to die like this, lonely, ashamed, sad from something like this. And I'm at my heaviest. I'm the most isolated and depressed I've ever been in my life because I had built this business over so many years on an unstable foundation. And then I'm locked in my home for months by myself. It was rock bottom for me. And I had this moment where I said, I'm not doing this anymore. There is no plan B. It's time for me to get a handle on this. And that's when I had that aha moment or that breakthrough, which is an aha moment combined with taking action. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's to, it's the two combined. And, and that's when I was finally able to say, I have a a goal. I have a vision of what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And I'm ready. So did that give you a sense of relief or how did you feel? I mean, once you finally made a decision and you knew what you were going to do, what, what all, what was resonating with you? I had no idea how I was going to do it. That's Uh the thing, because I had over a hundred pounds to lose and never had I been so far from health as I was that day. And I had tried every kind of diet out there. I mean, having my started my first diet at 10 years old, going to Weight Watchers, I have been on literally every exercise plan that exists. And so I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I felt a sense of motivation that I hadn't felt in a really long time because I didn't want to die. All I knew was I just need to do something, something small, because the 100 pounds is way too far off. If I focus on the 100 pounds, I'm going to fall off the path because it's going to take forever to even get there. It's going to take a while for me to even see any kind of result. And all I can do is just focus on something really small and that will encourage me. And so first thing that I did is I saw a treadmill that was for sale on a Facebook garage sale website or, you know, on the Facebook groups, I saw that someone was selling a used treadmill and I went and I bought it, loaded it up, set it up in my garage. And I started walking for five minutes. That is all that I could do at the weight that I was at. I could walk for five minutes at about three miles per hour. And that's it because my legs hurt. I was so sedentary. That's all I could really muster up the energy and stamina to do. And the reason why I decided I wanted, this hurts my heart actually talking about it because the reason why I wanted the treadmill in the garage Mm -hmm. was because I didn't want to walk outside. 
I didn't oh, sure. want, yeah, I didn't want people to see me. I didn't want any eyes on me. Right. When I was in this frame of mind, I was so ashamed of myself and just so embarrassed. And it was just so hard for me. I, I wanted to just hide in my home. And, yeah. you know, so that's why I got the treadmill and set it up in the garage. And, you know, I didn't have anybody watching me. Nobody knew what I was doing. And five minutes, that's where it started. I think a lot of us can relate to that. It is, I've said many times on this show and when I've been on other shows, how difficult it is to be somebody who's overweight, you know, obese, morbidly obese, What? because I've been all of them, and to make yourself that vulnerable to comments from people out yeah. there, and they will, we all know they will, uh, yeah. but it is, sometimes it's too much to handle. So yeah. I, I totally, totally get what you're saying. And frankly, we're beating ourselves up enough. We don't need anybody else to do it on top right. of that. So, so you started walking. Yeah. And you started to, you know, make some progress. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I started to make some progress. I started to be able to go more than <laughs> the five minutes. And I started to really enjoy walking. I watched, I set my iPad up on the treadmill and I would watch like the Real Housewives of New Jersey or just some something to take my mind off of it so that yeah. I could go longer than I, I thought that I could go. And then I would mm -hmm. listen to music and I would listen to podcasts and, and I started to really enjoy walking. And, you know, I also kind of built a community around me. I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to do something like this on my own. And I worked with a doctor. I had mm -hmm. a nutritionist. I ultimately got a trainer. Um, I had a support group, people who were in a similar situation as I was having had uh, eating disorder, binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would meet on a regular basis on Tuesday evenings. There was a group of us. And I just think being in a community of people who have your back and you can talk to about how you're feeling was really helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing that I had support of professionals helping me along the way helped really helped me. It's really important too, because I think sometimes when we, in our 47th attempt to try to lose weight, uh, we, we start throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And half the time, what we're doing is not either consistent enough, or it's not going to have the intended effect because we don't really know all the components. And so getting some nutritionists and doctors on board. I, th I think it's always a really good idea. I, I mean, it's, uh, they gave me an awful lot of guidance too, when I was in my journey. I mean, I think those of us who have struggled with our weight know a lot about losing weight, but we don't always know the whys and the hows. And I think it's really important to become informed. So obviously you were making some good progress. You were gaining some momentum. You had a community. Mm -hmm. Did your family know that you were doing this? Definitely. I mean, everything changed for me. You know, my eating habits changed. My exercise habits changed. I changed. You know, now all of a sudden it wasn't like, you know, oh, well, you know, 
let's ask Melissa to do things. Melissa is always the person that we can count on for everything. You know, in addition to my type A overachiever personality, I, there are some other personality traits that come along with that, like perfectionism and some codependency and people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was just what people in my sphere are used to about me is just Melissa is she is reliable. If you need something done, you go to Melissa. You know, I would always just get things done. I'm a doer. I mean, that's what I did as a business owner for so many years. And especially when I was just starting off on my, you know, health journey, the number one most important thing to me was my health. Everything mm -hmm. was second to that even my job, even my business and my family, I really had to think of myself first. And I definitely ruffled some feathers, you know, some of the relationships changed in my family. I think it was just a little bit of a shock to suddenly, you know, have me create some boundaries and, and hold those boundaries and say no to things and push back when it, that's just not how it used to be. And so in addition to my habits changing, I would say I had some personality traits that have changed throughout the years as well. I think one of the biggest challenges, at least I experienced this a little bit uh, when I started to move through my weight loss journey and all of a sudden started to put myself first and my needs first and make sure that I wasn't doing things that would not help me get to my goal, which meant I didn't do well if I got too tired or if I got too hungry or mm. if I wasn't dealing with what, whatever was going on. And so to start saying no yeah, is, well, when you're not used to saying that, nor are the other people used to hearing that, that can be a real shocker. And I know that a lot of people got get pushback mm -hmm. and they're called selfish mm -hmm. and they're all of a sudden they're called all sorts of different things. But ultimately we have to teach people how to treat us, right? Yeah. So they are treating us as we have let them treat us all these years. And then all of a sudden we're like, wait, no, I have to take care of me first Totally. And I think that is a, a bone of contention sometimes because that means everybody kind of has to change behaviors and expectations and that can get uncomfortable. I agree. And something that I learned was I can't really control what other people think or how other people behave. All I can really control is, is me. And so- yeah. When I create a boundary or when I say no, or when I say, you know, I'm not going to be able to meet that expectation. And then I don't hold firm with that. Right. That's right. my fault. I can't expect anybody else in my circle to honor what I'm asking. I mean, I can ask them to, but if they don't, I can't just crumble behind right. that. You know, like I have to stand up for myself. And yeah. so that was something that I, it didn't come natural to me at first. You know, I would, I would start to get mad because I would say, you know, I said, I don't want to do this and now you're not respecting me. And I would get angry 
and it was caused friction, but then I would have to say, well, you know, I will remove myself from that situation, you know, in order to hold my boundary. Sometimes we have to change our environment. Sometimes we have to change who we interact with. I mean, sometimes that really, it's unfortunate, but people are used to treating us a certain way because we let them. And then all of a sudden we're going, nope, can't do that. This is, you know, I have to go to the gym and I go to the gym from these times. I can't do that extra thing or last minute thing. And and that is hard. And, And I, in some ways I don't blame them, but I learned along the way. One of the things that I got that was one of the biggest gifts for me was my sense of self-respect, learning how to appreciate that I am worthy, that I can ask people to inconvenience themselves just like they used to ask me. And I would do it, right? And then all of a sudden, it was okay if they didn't do it, if I needed something. And so we have to really change how we see ourselves so that we treat ourselves with the level of respect that we want other people to treat us with. And so that's a big change. It really is. And it's still evolving. I'm not done evolving. I'm, you know, changing every day. I'm, I still prioritize my eating and my exercise, you know, self-leadership is how I'm able to keep that foundation that I was talking about strong so that I can carry the weight of all the other responsibilities that I have now. Yeah, You know, that is paramount to me is that self-leadership. And when I lose that, when I start to feel myself getting shaky on that, that's what I have to come back to. I think that's a really important point because when we're taking on all these additional responsibilities, And we ourselves are not particularly strong. I mean, we're tired. Yeah. Everything hurts. We are emotionally eating. We're self-soothing with food. Maybe our spiritual self is out of whack. Uh, Certainly physically, we're, we're having challenges. And then we're expected to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And it's very cliche when we say, well, you have to take care of yourself first. But it is so true because what's left, right? You're you're kind of moving through on an empty tank and a house of cards and and it won't take much to crumble if we don't take the time and build a strong foundation. So I really like uh, how you have described that because Mm -hmm. I I hope that that resonates with people that that helps them understand that, that we really do have to have We've got to feel good. We've got to feel strong. We need to feel like we have a handle on ourselves before we can do much for anybody else. So I do a lot of keynote talks. And when I talk about this particular topic, I I try and help people visualize what I'm talking about by (laughs) imagining a pyramid. So you've got a pyramid. And if you think about how, you know, the Egyptians built a pyramid. They start with just layers. So each layer is supported by the layer beneath it. And as you continue to build the pyramid, the layer at the bottom is the widest. It's very stable. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And as you get up the pyramid, the very top of the pyramid, it's also very stable. A pyramid structure isn't moving. You can't budge it because it's so solid and every layer is supported by the layer beneath it. 
But what happens is if you turn the pyramid upside down, now you've got the heaviest piece at the top and it's going to tip over. It's going to crumble. And so when you're thinking about all those things that are going on in your life and all of those responsibilities that you have, you, your necessities, it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of the needs, like you, your body, your needs, your, you know, it's like the sleep, the water, the nutrition, the exercise, like all of that has to be at the bottom of the pyramid. And then, you know, you move your way up and then the things at the top of the pyramid are, out, you know, outside of you. It's your work, it's your family, it's your kids, your husband, your wife, your church, your all your obligations that you have just because it's at the top of the pyramid doesn't mean it's any less important. It's all important. It just means that it has to be supported by those layers that are beneath it or it tips. What a great visualization. It's incredibly powerful. And I truly believe that's going to resonate with people. I think it's going to make sense. Yeah. That and help us justify or rationalize or or give ourselves permission or whatever we need to do to put ourselves first or, mm -hmm. or take care of ourselves. I love that. So I always like to ask, what are two or three things that people could do today? Actions, because we know action creates everything, right? Yeah. It's nice to have motivation, but without action, motivation goes nowhere. Right. And action actually creates motivation. So what two or three actions have you found to be the most powerful, the most impactful for you? Hands down, the thing that I will do whenever I'm trying to reach any kind of a goal, whether it's a small goal or a big goal, is I chunk it down into much smaller pieces. This is where losing 100 pounds goes to walking for five minutes. Yeah. So it is just breaking it down into something that you can do that that is manageable that is attainable that you can just wrap your head around because having a big goal is so important if you don't have any goal or any direction for what you're trying to attain then you're not growing in your life and and i think if people are watching are listening to this, it's because they're into personal growth and development and they want to yeah. improve and they want to grow. And so yeah. for this population, you have to have a goal and it can be a big goal. It can be a scary goal and not knowing how you're going to get to that goal is totally okay. And that's where the breaking it down into very small manageable chunks, I think is really important. So that's number one. I agree with that. We, yeah, absolutely. I had to do that because Louis, having to, I had to lose over 100 pounds as well. And that thought of that was paralyzing. I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed if I had to focus on that. So I broke it down. For me, it was 10 pounds. That's it. At no point did I have more than 10 pounds to lose. Yeah. And, you know, this, so I'm also a entrepreneur. I have over my, you know, professional career, started many businesses. I built and sold a technology company. I started a nonprofit. I have you know, built a real estate portfolio. I'm currently, I have a company called Peak CEO, 
where I work with leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and help them build a business, help them grow a business in a way that fuels their soul instead of getting crushed by it. Because that's exactly what happened to me is I didn't have the solid foundation. And now I know how to do it better. And having sold a business and now working with people in a coaching and consulting capacity, this is what I like to do Mm -hmm. is help people do it better than I did it. So when I have big goals, even in business, it's the same thing, you know, chunk it down. One of the things that I do right now with my clients is we do 30 day challenges. Mm. And so people, they sign up to work with me. We do a 30 day challenge and it can be a business fit goal. It can be a personal goal, whatever that goal is, it can be big, but I will drill down with people into what can you do for 30 days? You know, is it one thing that you do every single day and you build on, or is there a smaller piece of your goal that you can do a few things over the course of the month and, you know, check them off your list so that you can get to where you want to go. And a 30 day challenge is so great because you can do anything for 30 days. And when you start to continually show up day after day after day, you start to change your habits. Yeah. And then once you start to change your habits, then it leads to discipline and consistency, which leads to progress. And then you can actually start to make your way towards something. And it brings so much clarity too. You know, once you start to change your habits, you get so much more clear and motivation then creeps into all the other areas of your life. It does. And the clarity, I think also comes from now you don't have so much noise. Yeah. Right. Because now you're on a path. Now right. you're not, you know, beating yourself up. You're actually doing something and you're doing it consistently. And now you're starting to feel good. And yeah. so all of those things, clarity does come, I believe, through action. Absolutely. Yeah. Because without action, we're just hanging around in our heads. And totally. that's never a good place to be hanging out, at least for me. That's not my best place. So no. I do so much better when I am actually doing something to yes. to work toward my goal, whatever that is. And even if, you know, some days it is just the teeniest of tiniest of steps. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to be big, small steps. They can be right. just anything so that you don't start skipping any movement towards your goal. So I love that. So What's another thing that you uh, recommend for folks who are trying to make some progress toward their goals that they can do? Yeah, I think this goes back to one of the the first things that we talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, 40 minutes ago, which was don't do it alone. You know, get some people in your corner. What you're trying to do is, you know, just start an exercise plan. And you're like, you know, I like what Melissa said. I'm going to just start walking five minutes. That's where I can start. That feels okay to me. Find someone who will do it with you because it makes it so much easier. If you can talk to somebody, it just makes the time go by. You don't feel like you're doing it on your own. You, you can relate to somebody and, you know, now I'm really into fitness and I enjoy it and my passions and my hobbies are around active things. Mm -hmm. And I always like to say, I like to have three activity types of buddies. I like to have somebody who will challenge me 
somebody who's better than I am. Nice. I like to have somebody who's at my level just mm-hmm. so we can just do it and it's fun. I don't have to think about it. And then I like to have somebody who I'm better than, yeah. you know, because that encourages me. I like to help somebody else. It makes me feel good about the progress that I've made and I can help somebody else in their path. And, you know, when you encourage somebody, it just makes, it just helps to make you better. So at whatever stage you're in, I think that works to have buddies to to kind of go through the process with you. I like that a lot. And I expect, I like all three of those and I can see how all of those help keep you moving forward, but especially when you can help somebody else because it fills your soul. It makes you feel it's not a purely selfless thing because you get something out of it, but it really feels good to help. Yeah. And so I was really hesitant when I was in this space three years ago, because everyone was better than me. There there wasn't a person who was worse than me at that time. And so when people would say, I'll go with you, you know, no, no, you know, I don't want to hold you back. You know, I'm embarrassed. You know, I would, there's this thing in my town, they're called the sky stairs and it's 550 stairs that goes from my little town up to the college. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tourist site. People hear about it. They want to come check it out. Athletes train on it every year on 9-11. Firemen and firewomen, they'll climb the sky mm-hmm. steps in honor of, the, you know, 9-11 victims. Like it's a big deal. And so I always had this like idea that I wanted to do the sky steps, but I could do like maybe like one section of it. Like that's yeah. it when I started and I had this friend and she'd be like, I will go with you. And I was so hesitant to let her do that for me, but I did. And I could tell that she just wanted to spend time with me. Yeah. And she was like, I want to support you and I want to be here with you. And yeah, it's exercise for me, but that's not why I'm doing it. I just want to be here to encourage you. And that felt really special to me. And I let her do that even though it was really hard for me. But it was growth. That's really important growth though, because we have to get out of our comfort zones. We can't always stay in our comfort zone. And so what a a wonderful opportunity. You know, Melissa, I knew this was going to be an absolutely transformative conversation and it has been. And I can't thank you enough for coming on and telling your story and sharing your experiences I have zero doubt that we will talk again. Absolutely. I, we must, of course. So thank you so, so very much for joining me today. And I know that we're all going to take away some incredibly valuable insights and actions that will help us get toward our goals too. Well, so thank, thank you, you for doing this. You know, I think it's so selfless to want to share information of how you've been successful so that other people can listen to it. And, you know, even if it's just like one little nugget of information that somebody gets from listening to what you have to say and how you're sharing it. So thank you for doing this and for inviting me out of the millions and millions of people that you could have brought. I am grateful that you chose me. 
Oh, oh my gosh, my pleasure. I have had, I've learned the, the coolest stuff and met the best people. I'm having a ball, to be perfectly honest. So that's the show. What about you? What resonated with you? Whatever it was, please let me know. Drop me a line at www.gretchenholmesphd.com. I would love to hear from you. You can find my podcast there. You can find any future speaking engagements there. There's lots of information there. So uh, come check it out. I'd love to hear from you. The most important thing I have to say, I always say this at the end of all of my podcasts, is to remember to love and celebrate yourself right now, today. Don't wait until you feel worthy because you already are. I promise you. And loving yourself is the only way we get to good health. So until next time. And do remember the information on this podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Until next time, everyone, take care. 